Hello and welcome to my podcast, Conversations with Cornelius, where I, Cornelius Patrick O'Sullivan, discuss, chat and hypothesize on all things from fatherhood, marriage, comedy and everything else in between. From time to time, there will be special guests, but mostly it's going to be me and some regular contributors, including my main squeeze, Noelle Patricia O'Sullivan, a.k.a. The Wife. So sit back, relax and enjoy Conversations with Cornelius! Hey! Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and very well. You're very welcome. You are very welcome to this edition of Conversations with Cornelius. How are you doing? You're keeping well, you're keeping well, are you? You're keeping well, how things? Very good in yourself. Good. Not too bad. Can't complain. Can't complain. Tell me, have you listened to the podcast as well? Which one? Conversations with Cornelius. I have actually. It's very good. It's very good. It's very good. It's very good. I have. Do you hear about the the lads that sponsor them? I didn't. I didn't. The West Cork Beard Company. Have you ever heard of them? I have. They're very, very good. You don't have a beard as well yourself? No, but I have pubes. Oh, well, I don't. <laughs> They make any beard butter for pubic hair now. But we can get on to Colin, and if there's a market for it, I'm very certain that he'd fucking get in there. Colin, do you do beard, pubic beard hair uh, cream? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Or butter? Widen up that demographic, Colin. You gotta get it out. You gotta get. Listen, I've got a projection here. There's lots of facts and figures going on behind me. At the moment, you're top when it comes to beards, but you're right down at the bottom when it comes to pubes, Colin. Come on, man. We gotta. What? What about a conditioning beard butter for pubes? Ginger pubes specifically. Oh well, then I'm all fucking game. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You're Jesus. in there like swimwear girl, like. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Listen, it's been a long fucking lockdown, you know. Well, um, I'm married and it's been very long. Yes. <laughs> Leave that. Um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. I've got a great guest on today. Um, she's all the way from a place called Dublin. Um, which is uh, Greek for Dublin. And uh, she's a fantastic stand-up comedian. uh, Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage, Sinead Namanda. What is up? Hello, Cork. Hello, Sinead. How are you? Not bad, Con. Any How's crack? the farm? <laughs> Plenty of crack, boy, but I don't know how much we can talk about it on uh, on this. You can talk about crack here all day. What can... Oh, hold on a second. Oh. She's talking about Finney. <laughs> you're not even a bit wrong. I, you're <laughs> only on... You're not even on 30 seconds and you're talking about minge. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm an addict. What can I say? You know? You're a minge addict. Yeah, minge addict. A, a magic. A addict. <laughs> No, I'm no good at doing those amalgamation jokes, no. you know. No. Uh, it's great to see you. It's so, so good to see you. And really like, is. we're sitting, we're in the John Hume war room here. We're doing a lovely it's little incredible. podcast. Nicely socially distanced, might I add. Um, of course. There's definitely at least t- fucking two miles between us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you're looking great. Thank you. And Jesus. you're telling me before we came on air that you're thinking, <laughs> you're thinking... <laughs> You're thinking of, of like you. I just would describe your head now, right? Beautiful face, beautiful smile, darling eyes, but you've got a big head of curly hair. I know, man. So I've I've gone from getting a haircut. I'd say maybe every four to six weeks, depending depending on the schedule. 
and I haven't got a cut since Christmas Eve was the last time I got I've, a cut. I, I love it. It's <laughs> fucking insane, isn't it? And you're thinking of like putting making it into a, a mullet. So yeah, I, I'm going to go with the mullet thing. So uh, one of my best pals, James, his brother is a barber, Mark, and he shaved his head into or his hair into a mullet there. I'd say a couple of months ago. And I've been fucking ripping on him every time I see him for it. He looks like a paedophile, but <laughs> he looks fucking great as well. So what you're essentially saying is you you think paedophiles look great. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, oh, I right. think they're an attractive bunch of people, you know. So, <laughs> um, no, but you know what? It's that fucking mad, right? My hair is that mad, but my mom is like, ah, keep the length in it, you know, because she likes it. <laughs> Just when at it the back. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I've told my brother and sister and I've told James, I'm going to, and you now, that I'm going to cut this into a mullet. But I haven't told my mom. I've told my dad, and he fucking pissed himself laughing. But I haven't told my mom yet because I genuinely think that'll be the straw that breaks the camel's back, <laughs> and she'll fuck me out. She will, hundred yeah. percent. But to be honest, I think it'd be worth it to live on the streets if you had a mullet. <laughs> <laughs> no one to come no, near me. <laughs> the, the homeless lads will be like, "Oh, I'm starting with the fucking. What's the starting with that fucking weirdo over there with the mullet? <laughs> what is it, pal? The fucking eighties, is it?" <laughs> Jesus, look at Bob Geldof over there. <laughs> People would be walking towards me with their kids and crossing the road. Like, crossing Sinead, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, you're a good friend of mine. I've been on to you since I started this podcast. I said, I want to get you on. I want you to become like a regular podcaster on here. Yeah. But we've been restricted, obviously, with distance and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I just want to kind of introduce you. I want to just talk a little bit about how I met you through stand-up comedian, through stand-up comedy or stand-up comedy. What was your first, what's your first memory of stand-up? Of, or not, sorry, no, actually, what's your first memory of comedy? Of comedy? Yeah. Um, I, do you know what? My first, the first thing I was ever like, oh my God, this is the funniest thing in the fucking world as a kid was, do you remember that show You've Been Framed? Is that one with Screech in it? It's just, it? no, 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 that's Saved by the Bell. But go <laughs> guess, go <laughs> You've or been the gay framed. porn? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He's in gay porn as well. He was, is he? Yeah, He's yeah, dead yeah, now, yeah, that fella. Yeah, he died. I know. Wild, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, fucking wild, hell. Life is short, lads. You know? There you go. <laughs> don't jinx. get into gay porn. No, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, You've Been Framed was a collection of home videos. It was like the fucking, I don't know, the Vine or the TikTok of the 90s, really. I remember it. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I remember yeah, it. Yeah, now that you're saying it, yeah. Yeah, and it was, um, that actually was only on a couple of weeks ago. It was like a rerun from like 2002 or something. And uh, it was just kids getting knocked over repeatedly <laughs> by like dogs and their parents and stuff, <coughs> which obviously wouldn't really fly now. But yeah, when I was a kid, that was the, the funniest thing in the world to me. And then my mom and dad are actually, you know, fairly into stand up themselves, not like aficionados or anything like that. I don't, didn't pronounce that right, but they love. I think it's M- pronounced. <laughs> getting my Spanish on. Um, Yow. So they, uh, yeah, they've gone to, like, they love John Bishop, all the rest of it, but um, they used to watch Lee Evans all the time on the telly. Mm. And I thought he was fucking brilliant. Like, his body was like rubber. So you're, I, do you know when I first came across Lee Evans was in yeah. that movie um, with Ben Stiller in it and... and uh, oh, there's something about Mary. Something about Mary, yeah. Right. And I remember, like, you remember he kind of played a kind of a, like a crippled guy yeah. who wasn't crippled at all and he was a counsellor to um, Cameron Diaz but he was really in love with her, you know? Yeah, and yeah. he was the mastermind behind getting everyone. And I remember 
going, what the, f- who is this guy? Who is this guy? He's so funny. He reminded me of Rick Mail in Drop Dead Fred. Remember that movie, Drop yeah, Dead Fred? Yeah, I haven't seen that film in years, uh, but yes, I do know. Like, just a breakout fucking comedy, and then gone. Yeah. Gone from that, like, never went back to movies again. Yeah. Um, but an amazing stand-up comedian. Absolutely. Like, he's some man to fucking sweat into a, oh. sh- into a suit. My mom always says uh, he reminds her of Norman Wisdom, and I think that's a fair kind of analysis, but he, Jesus, the, the you know what, I, I, we can get into this a bit later, but I remember Chris O'Leary saying to me at one point after I started stand-up, you'll find with a lot of comics they're either stronger writers or stronger performers. And he was like, and if you can do both, then you're, you know, you're game ball, like you're, you're a talented motherfucker, basically. And he was the first person that popped into my head in the performance terms was Lee Evans, yeah. you know, because his, just his body movements made people cry laughing, mm. you know, and his faces and stuff. He's like rubber, he really is. But and I think that, and Jim, Jim Carrey is probably the creme de la creme of that. And uh, I think sometimes it's a very undervalued skill by comedians. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a kind of like, oh, sure he's uh, sure he's only acting out. Yeah, she's only she's only good at pulling faces. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but it's no like to do it in the right place, at the right time, to get the right laugh continuously. There is skill absolutely, in that. Absolutely, absolutely. Skillage in the village. Skillage in the town. Um, um. So Lee Evans. Lee Evans, and then that w- TV show. What was that TV show called again? The first one you were talking. The um. Frame. You've been framed. You've been it? framed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've been framed, Lee Evans, and then. The real turning point for me, and I say loads of Irish comedians my age would tell you the same. I came home from like a lovely summer's day with my pals. We were up in Scaries for the day. It was only about 15, I'd say. <coughs> and my mum and dad were out of the house. So I was like, I just want to come back and watch a DVD. And one of my friends, Sarah Horan, said, I have Tommy Tiernan's DVD. It was his first special. <laughs> <laughs> it blew everything apart, didn't yeah. it? And we were, there was five of us, I remember, in the room. <coughs> And I genuinely, we were rolling off the couches laughing. Like, mm. we had to pause it to process and get the laugh out and stuff because we were missing chunks of it, you know. And even to this day now, you know, you'd still, certainly me and my friends, we'd still, you know, if there's a fire alarm going off, we'd go, oh, is that my phone? You know, and then little quotes like that. Or, I like to run. So do I. So do I. So Where's Michael? He scared me. <laughs> me too. Me too. Me too. <laughs> I like to run. <laughs> um, what was so the name of that fucking fellow with the heels? What was his friend who was up the front in that bit? That was a br- um, such a great bit. And he was wearing this, oh, he was up the front with a Saw Doctor's t shirt and a fucking G8 trunks. <laughs> and, and the, the and sleeves cut off the <laughs> Saw Doctor's t shirt. <laughs> For aerodynamics, boy. You know? Um, so, yeah. Oh, I can't think of his name now. He, I can't somebody think of him yet. But yeah, no, f- so Tommy, like, fucking, yeah. I think Tommy as well had a huge influence uh, on on the f- on me for the first time I really got into stand-up. Yeah. Um, like, wow, like, I mean, it's almost like, sometimes I'm like, when, when, when people ask me, I was actually, we were doing the garden here during the week and there was a guy doing some gardening for us and I was pitching in with him. And he was like, uh, oh, you do stand up? I was like, I do, yeah. And he goes, who'd be your f- your favorite comedian then? And I was like, this is such a cliched, boring yeah, answer. Yeah, but yeah. Tommy, t- I said, yeah. Tommy Tiernan, I said, like, he is unbelievable. Yeah. Live, he, he's just, he brings a magic to every single gig. Yeah. And he's coming on the podcast, lads. I've said this <laughs> in the past. He's coming on the podcast. He doesn't know it himself yet. No. He hasn't, he hasn't been told. He hasn't been informed. And as soon as he, as soon as he knows, he's going to be fucking, and he, I, like, I'll drive up to him. I'll drive up yeah, if he wants. Of course, doorstep him. But like he is gen- <laughs> genuine. I remember seeing him in in Edinburgh one time, 
Wow. And I was doing my own show over there in a fucking free venue, flyering in people yeah, in the rain. Of and I, that evening I went to, to see Tommy Tiernan. You, you know yourself, there's like yeah. fucking 300 shows a day in Edinburgh. Yeah, like crazy. And he was playing this little black block, black box theatre, held about maybe 80 people. Wow. Fucking gorgeous wow. now. like. And it was, I remember walking from my apartment to the venue through the rain and being soaked getting there yeah. but everybody was soaked yeah. like you know yeah. everybody yeah. was soaked and we were all squashed into this dark room we couldn't do it now obviously with COVID and he came out in double denim <laughs> <laughs> and you know he had the, the curl ups at the end of the um, at the end of his Jeez. pants at the end of his jeans and I had the biggest horn yeah. I ever had in my whole entire life <laughs> for a man <laughs> For a heterosexual man to another heterosexual man, I just he I, I was like I'm like uh, like what I'm so far away yeah. from how cool and how brilliant yeah. this guy is. Yeah. Uh, but I'll never give up. Yeah. Get to you know I'll never aspiring. get up to aspiring. Yeah. And um, and like yeah. So. He, do you know what's funny? You mentioned Edinburgh. There, I was over in Edinburgh in 2019 with. Mark O'Keefe and uh, Richie Sheehy were doing their show over there. So me and Donald Toomey went over for, I think it was like five days, and we helped the lads flyer, and we got a few gigs, and we got a few spots, and the lads gave us a few spots on their show in the evening. And me and Donald were going around Edinburgh during the day, and anyway, I think we'd just gotten in Nando's, and we were having a pint outside and chatting bollocks, and I looked up, and there's Tommy Tiernan walking down yeah. the road, just as any other punter. That's Edinburgh for you, then. Ah, and, uh, yeah. and I, I go, Donald, Donald. He looks around. And he goes, "Oh my God, it's Tommy Tiernan!" Yeah. And we're s- and he looks up and he sees the two of us staring at them. At him and I was like, "All right, Tommy!" And he was like, <laughs> "How are you, lads?" And just kept going. Yeah. And I'm glad he kept going because I wouldn't have known what to say. To like him. Edward's so special for that month. Like it's yeah. like it's like if all the accountants in the world went to fucking Mallow in Edinburgh yeah. and just set up accountancy firms and were outside flyering in people to do some accounts and stuff that's what it's like with stand up it's it just is. like every comedian from the very 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 top yeah. of the world standard right down to the amoeba f- open micers who yeah. think yeah you know oh you totally can I'm going to I'm going to do Edinburgh this year you've just done an open mic son yeah but like I've got a lot to say yeah. oh, and I kind of like to riff off the top of my head oh and good look say am a lot <laughs> <laughs> but like you do you have and that's what I love that though I yeah. fucking love that I love that it's just so inclusive and it's it's kind of sad that it's gone um, because it is yeah well there's still I think I said to you earlier there's still talk of it going ahead <laughs> um, mm-hmm. due to have a show with it myself uh, with the underbelly but um, you know we're getting emails from them you know saying we're going to make a decision next month we're going to make a decision next month so they're and you're bringing, is it Wing Woman you're bringing wing over? Wing Woman, yeah, 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 I am with Ailish McCarthy. So we've been working on the show and we've actually deconstructed it and written it all again as well, which will mm. be interesting. But, you know, we had a whole UK fringe tour planned and it was all lined up so, so nicely. And then, sure, it all went to shit. And as it stands, we've gone from five or six fringe festival appearances like Brighton, Glasgow, where else? Camden and uh, Edinburgh to now just Edinburgh is the only one mm. that's really looking like it might go ahead this year but sure we don't know you don't know, you know so don't know. no one knows you know one knows yeah. god damn you virus yeah. you can't see this but I'm shaking my fist at the virus in Folk a really around aggressive it. way <laughs> god damn you you son of a bitch exactly okay I want to talk to you about your first gig yeah your very first gig yeah. I want you to paint a picture for the podcasters mm-hmm. alright I want you to describe the panic yeah I want you to describe the rehearsal I want you to describe the fear. Okay. And I want you to describe the day, <laughs> the gig. Yeah. And finally, and most importantly, and my favorite part of any gig, right. 
what you did after. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Panic is a very, um, is a key word here, but... Yeah, so I knew I so Mike fucking introduced me to you, Mike Morgan, and um, you were working in the wonky donkey at the yeah. time. You were doing all their admin. Yeah, I was doing sales and marketing for the Marley Complex. Uh, you hadn't done comedy at all. No, I always liked it. Always flirted with the notion of writing something funny, you know, because I write a lot. But I'm sorry, no, I just <laughs> want to say this because I think this is important. This isn't that long ago. No. I mean, you you really are new to the comedy s- scene. I've had, like, on this podcast, I've had some, like, r- like established comedians like mm-hmm. Bernard Casey and Ty Kiki and Dominic McHale and Mike Morgan. And, you know, you would be, a, like, a, in the eyes of most people, like, r- r- yeah, she isn't fresh, a newcomer. Yeah. This yeah. is a newcomer. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. when was this? So the Wonky Donkey opened in 2018. I was trying to think on the way down. I think it was September or October it opened. And... Mike was in charge of, you know, he was doing gigs, booking acts, all that kind of stuff. And I, like I said, it was the sales and marketing manager for the complex in general. So, um, yeah, we got me and Mike got on very well. He was in my office for a few months. <coughs> and it was him that kind of said, you know, would you not give this a go yourself? Because I was like, I'd be in there, I'd be taking tickets at the door. I set up the fucking software for the cloakroom machine, mm. helped set up the sound desk, the lights, like everything. And then... You know, the comedy was his bag, kind of thing. And, and I seen you at those gigs when you weren't doing comedy. No. You were laughing away. Yeah. I'm like the Wonky Donkey was in the Mardike in Cork, yeah. run by Mike Morgan. Unbelievable comedy club. Unbelievable. Um, but I, I, I remember seeing you. I remember yeah. you laughing away. I remember Mike introducing you to me. Mm. And go on, sorry, I'm no, you're fine. No, no, I remember all that too. Yeah, I was just fascinated by it. But like, didn't enter my head that I could do that. And then Mike said to me in the December, "You should fucking give this a go." And I was like, "Damn, nah, man, that's you. That's not me. You know, like that's." That's what you're good at. And I'm good at pulling the strings in the background. And But yeah, he said, no, we'll fucking talk to Con. Sort you out with a gig in Coco. We approached you on the street. You were out flyering. It was a Wednesday night. Mike said, do you remember her? Whatever you said, yeah. Right, she wants to have her first gig. And you said, yeah, no problem. When do you want it? And I said, give me a month or two. And you were like, February. We'll do February. Uh, we looked at your phone. You were like, I think it was the 12th of February. It was a Monday night. And I was like, right, okay. So I had a few months to, a couple of months to brace myself and and write and stuff and then about a week before the gig I remember I was seeing a girl and she ended things with me and I was fucking devastated and oh I was rattled and to cheer me up and get me out of the fucking bed basically Mike said come to Collins on a Tuesday watch the open mic and just see what you think and I went in and I was like you know some people done great and some people fell in their fucking arses Mm. and I was like well can't feel any worse than I feel now. Mm-hmm. So that actually calmed me in the week up to the gig. But then, of course, the fucking day of, I don't think I ate a fucking thing that day. I was just drinking coffee flat out. Didn't smoke a joint, nothing. And I went in, I think I was like two hours How early. many times did you go to the toilet? Oh, so much. I'm an anxious <laughs> person anyway. Yeah. And, oh, fuck about, I'd say four times an hour. I'd say, you know. <laughs> Oh, I was literally like, shitting it like oh, <laughs> proper like there wasn't even anything in me to shit <laughs> and I was shitting anyway but uh, went in you and Tony were setting up and just I just said yeah you know here for the gig and you knew who I was straight away and you were so fucking welcoming and uh, as was Tony and you just kind of explained the format how the show was going to run and you went down the stairs to flyer and I sat there with my notebook just going over and over and over and over everything in my head right like just fucking bang 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 I was walking around my kitchen the days before with a hairbrush in my hand yeah. and uh, just fucking going for it and in front of mirrors and all that but yeah man the panic starts setting in definitely you know the heart going and all this and then I think you said I'm going to put you on 
first after the break. Yeah, yeah. You brought you it. were bringing people, I think, as well, weren't you? Do you know what? I asked my friends and family not to come. Did and my, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My friends turned up anyway. Did I don't know how they found out, but they knew. Yeah, yeah. found out what day the gig was. So yeah, my friends came on anyway. Because I would always put someone first on after the break if it was their new gig, because I'd be yeah. like, okay, I need to keep their friends in yeah. the room. Yeah. It's a ta- it's a, it's a, just a tactical. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's also a great spot to go on because the first act is over, the audience are warmed up, the host comes back on. Generally gets them laughing again, so they're really warmed up, and there's yeah. a few gats in them as exactly. well. Exactly, you know. Key, but key. go on, so tell me more. Yeah, this is beautiful. And I got up, <coughs> and I remember I think it was Tony hosting that night, and he said at the beginning, and I fucking almost wished he hadn't, and he was like, you know what? It's her first gig. Give her a lot of love. Blah blah blah. Hands fucking going ninety. You know, take the mic. And of course, I wore a fucking grey shirt that day as well for a grey t-shirt. And you can see in one of my friends' photos the fucking sweat patches under my <laughs> arm, and it just. You uh, Lee Evans this. Yeah, Lee Evans the bollocks. <laughs> Call <out of> back. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I don't know if you remember my first set, but <laughs> I had I had an act out in it already. Um, but yeah, got up and man, to this day it's the same. You, you take rocked the it. Mic. You rocked it. I remember your first set. I remember you, abso- you and you absolutely destroyed it for your very first. And that's like call a spade a spade everyone's first gig is generally decent enough because they put yeah. they'll put the most Everything effort into it, it. Yeah. but you were consistent after that mm. and that's Thanks, that but go on anyway sorry no I don't no no jesus and <clears throat> so you take the mic and i was looking down and i get the first few lines out and i knew i knew it do you know what i mean i knew i wasn't gonna freeze and i went for it and i'd say i was about a minute and a half into the set and i looked around and i was like I fucking love this. <laughs> oh my fucking God, I love this. And you know what? Mike has a, a video of my full set and uh, it's five minutes to the T as well. Five minutes to the fucking T. And uh, I loved it, absolutely loved it. And when I came off, like I said, I thought the panic had set in. When I came off, I was sitting there for the rest of the gig. I had the most severe pain in my chest and my back. I was fucking in bits. And I was grand though, I was breathing. It was just really sore. And I went outside after and my friends were like, you know, we need to get you a fucking point, boy. And yeah, I went and fucking ate about three points in 20 minutes. And yeah, it was amazing. That high, I didn't sleep for, didn't get sleep till about half five that night. Yeah. I heard that morning. I think I was wired. Yeah. Wired. Yeah. That yeah. post gig juice is potent. If you potent. could bottle it. If you could bottle it, you wouldn't even have to sell it by the pint. I'm just telling you like a, like a shot. Yeah. A shot of that into you. It's like fucking liquid cocaine. Yeah. Post gig, what is it? Dopamine, serotonin, I don't adrenaline. know. Adrenaline. Adrenaline. Adrenaline, actually, is yeah. probably what it is. Yeah. It's the fucking adrenaline. It's like you're alive, like you're n- like you're not alive in any other scenario, yeah. um, unless it's like a fucking fight or, fight or flight yeah. scenario. That's how alive you are, yeah. like, you know? Um, yeah. I'll that tell you what, man. I used to do I used to do MMA, and I had three fights. MDMA? Have you got any MDMA, on you now? MDMA, you you. She's like, come from Dublin. You're all about the drugs here. You always ask me now, man. Um, yeah, so do, I've done the do MMA. Ha- do. And <laughs> <laughs> I told you, I'd tell you after. Right? I'm doing good deals. I'm only messing. I wouldn't have any interest in that now, obviously. Enough. Come on, like, come Clean on. Clean as a whistle. Yeah. yeah. Come on now. Um, yeah, man. I, like, after certain fights, like I didn't even feel it that intensely, you know, because you're so physically exhausted after a fight as well. Same with matches, you know, you come off the pitch, you're fucking exhausted, but Jesus, that comedy stuff. Like, I never knew now that you did fucking MMA, like, mm. uh, do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's like, like, I didn't know you did MMA. <laughs> like, now I'm ha- now I'm a fucking afraid of you. Good. Like. Do, do you know what Good, I mean? Jack, I'm going to fucking rip you off with these bags of MDMA <laughs> and you're not going to say nothing. I'm not going to say anything, man. <laughs> I'm not going to open my fucking mouth. 
Um, okay, so I'm going to move on to another yeah. thing that I'm interested in talking to. What's it like being a woman in comedy? Yeah, so it's an interesting one for me, right? I'm going to be totally honest with you here. Please, please. I am different to a lot of girls in this this scene, you know, and uh, geez, you get all sorts of weird and wonderful people in comedy, you know, but yeah. I feel like I definitely haven't gotten the brunt of it the way some girls do, you know. Yeah. Promoters don't hit me, you know, and um, and that kind of thing. So in that sense, it's fine. The more interesting kind of point of view is when audience members come up to you after. I find that a lot, you know, and, and they'll be saying things, especially because, like, if I get up and tell, like, gay jokes, lesbian jokes, and I'm not particularly crude in my sets, you know, I have a couple of lines maybe where it'll leave the audience go, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but I'm genuinely not that crude. Not yeah, I'm cruder in real life, actually. Mm. But, um, and yeah, and, like, fellas particularly, like, in the audience, they'll be like, you know, or audience members come up and they think they can say anything to you then because you've spoken about that or whatever. So mm. that part of it I find difficult but like i'm lucky That's i am well connected i get gigs you know or was getting gigs i had certain people look after me when i came up from dublin that had heard or seen me in cork heard about me or seen me from the cork scene and stuff so i was i was lucky you know and i'm not two-faced i'm very genuine who i am so i you know i, I try and and keep that you know I'm, i don't lick people's arse but i'm positive to everyone you know i give everyone the benefit of the doubt so yeah it's been it's a bit of a weird one for me, you know, in relation to typical female comedians, but that's my experience anyway. Okay, and sure, I suppose you can only talk about your own experience. Exactly. Um, I'll, I'll ask you the same question, but I'm just going to say, what's it, like, what's it like being gay on the comedy mm. scene? Yeah, again, I, I do try and be kind of unapologetically who I am, you know, well, and like you look at me, you know I'm gay, you know, and, and there's no, no hiding it, nor do I, would I want to. Um, it's a great tool for me in some ways because if I get up in front of a room full of straight men and start banging out the lesbian jokes, sure, I have them in ribbons, you know what I mean? I've seen it. <laughs> I've, se I've seen it in the kingdom a few times. A few Yanks, a few Americans, like, just fucking, like, homophobic. They don't even know they're being homophobic, like, yeah. you know? It's so yeah, and you just appalled. destroy them with lesbian jokes, yeah. like. Yeah. But go on, sorry. You know, no, no, but um, the one thing I will say is, <coughs> you know, when I started in Cork, it didn't matter if you're gay, straight, you know, whoever you are, you know, we're all at the one gig. But then when I came to Dublin, it was actually really cool because I met a lot of queer comics who addressed material that maybe I'd have been a bit shy to address. And then I fell in with, um, like, a, a good few trans comics as well. So, like, Ali O'Rourke, Felix O'Connor, uh, MJ Stokes, all wonderful people, wonderful comics. And they had their own little niche. They had a gig called Token Straight. And um, yeah, what was it that? Was, cool. was it with a gig with just one straight person on it? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'd love to get a gig on that. Sometime. Oh man, <laughs> you'd be perfect for it as well, you know. And it is. It's but even whether you're you're gay or straight, trans or cis, you know, you're welcome. But it's a funny. Na that's a, that's that's like just to go back to that name. That's um, isn't it so shit? Really, like that. Like that's such a great name. But that that like there is often like oh yeah, we'll have a token female. We have to have a yeah. girl on thing, and we have to have like we have to be seen to be doing this, to be seen yeah. to doing that. I like I hate that 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 exists. I do like too. you know, I think I I'd love if it was just about talent. I yeah. really would, and if it didn't matter, you know. Um, but yeah, sorry, no, yeah. that's just a random thought that's kind of gone into my no, head. No, I agree with you totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what I loved about Token Straight and the whole concept of it was like, first of all, 
the folk that run it are fantastic comedians in their own right but it inverted that notion it almost made fun of the fact that we have exactly token women token gays yeah. token blacks it's token, almost you know whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah i took and it like it's so clever like and yeah. it like that like i like I, I love the whole idea of it yeah. and that's one thing about comedy that i love as well when you can have these kind of like little niche nights you know i think they're like they're not Exclusive. No. They're actually. They they really aren't. They're like like, uh, but they can be seen to be that yeah. from the outside. And I, I, do you know what? Every single comedian that so I done token straight twice. I think as a performer, and I've gone to a couple couple of their gigs, and every single comedian at it always says it's such a welcoming atmosphere. And that's just one example. You know what I mean? Mm. So. You know, I don't, I, yeah, I absolutely wish that these niche nights weren't a thing. You know, even when it's all female lineups, you know, when they advertise it as that, it's like, because it's not just a lineup of comedians, you know, but it's the world we live in, you it know. It is, it is, and there's plenty, but I can see, I can understand it though. Oh, I can yeah. understand it. Like, I mean, like, you know, Coco for years would have, it would have been predominantly male, yeah. you know, that, 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 that are on the bill. Mm. Um, just because there wasn't as many females doing comedy, yeah. but then you'd often see then the same females would be on all the bills, mm. you know. Mm. But um, yeah, it's it's just a, like it's just weird. It's just weird. Um, but like I, I, you'd you'd find it hard pressed to inc- like if I had a daughter now, I'd be I'd be really hard pressed to say you know what, follow your dreams and to stand yeah. up there, girl. Yeah, I really would. Yeah. Like I have two two little boys, and like not a bother would I have like if they wanted oh to be yeah. comics, I'd be like yeah. Go for it, guys. One hundred percent. I'll help you out. Yeah. But if I did, I actually really would be kind of going. Do you know what? Would you do a bit of acting or yeah. fucking? Do you know, maybe it's. I don't know. It's just. You know what? Shit. You need a, a thick skin, and every single female comic I know has that. So that's yeah. You need to be ready for for what what it throws at you. You know, yeah. and, and just roll with the punches as well. You know, but I I hear what you're saying about the daughter thing, and I'd actually feel the same about you as hypocrite or same as you. As hypocritical as it may yeah. sound, you know it is. Yeah. It is. It is. It's fucking. It's and it's, it's stupid and it's wrong. But um, it is what it is. Um, we're flying along here. I I want to ask, like, so okay, so you do your open, you do your first gig, right? Yeah. And like that that evening, you know, now this is it. You're fucking. You're one of the hooks. That's you're one it. of the people yeah. that like the hooks have gone in. Yeah. You're like shit. As Mike Morgan said to me when I got off stage. You're fucked, kid. <laughs> <laughs> he said that to me. You're fucked, kid. <laughs> That's it, like, do you know yeah. what I mean? You like, you you now are a comic. Mm. Um, some people do open mics; they do okay. Then you might they might do ten or fifteen other gigs, yeah. and then they vanish. You, some people do it once; they ne- you never see them again. Yeah. Some people, I've seen people do it, and then come back to it in two years later mm. and try and give it a go, and then just kind of vanish. Mm. But like, the people that I see coming. The, coming back and the people that worked at it hard um, were the people that were running shows mm. and were the people that were trying to gig as often as they possibly yeah. could and you almost immediately went from doing an open mic to you were like okay I want to do this every night yeah. I want to do this every yeah. single fuck during the day can I do it during the day yeah. as well honestly I, I, yeah, yeah I'll do it in the morning I'll do three mm. gigs a day for you you were like, you were like and you were on to me in a, and like You'd have people annoying you all the time. Yeah. Um, like, if you'd ask for a gig, that's great. I'll get back to you. No problem. I'll get mm. back to you with a gig. And then sometimes you might forget someone or whatever. Yeah, like, of you know. But, like, you'd come to gigs, you'd support gigs. Mm. And then very quickly, you went from doing that open mic to kind of being openers on Wednesday shows. Yeah. You did a few Kingdom shows. You started getting gigs over in Collins. Mm. You know, little gigs that would, would jump up in Dublin. Yeah. You were, you know, Traveling. you'd hop on a bus and go to Galway on a Tuesday. And you'd yeah. be in Dublin on a Wednesday and Cork on a Thursday and down to me in a Kerry. Like, it was very like very very quickly you notched up 
how many how many gigs have you done do you think at this stage of oh races oh god I passed the 100 mark let me think about this now I passed the 100 mark in my first year of comedy right so if you break that down that's 52 weeks and it averaged out at 3 gigs a week when I done the math on it that's it just I don't know if people understand how, how absolutely madly insane that is like but like that is a full on addict behavior there. Yeah, Congratulations. Well, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome to the That's club. Me, though, you know, I started playing guitar when I was 10 and I within a month was pissed off that I wasn't the greatest guitarist that God ever put in this earth, you know. So that is a problem that I've obviously learned to manage over the mm. years. But when I like something, oh, fuck, do I like it? You yeah. know? And I've always grown up like playing music, playing sports doing art all that kind of thing i've always been involved in things like you know even even writing right i love writing so much but this comedy thing was completely different and you're you're you know you're saying like fucking you gave me every opportunity under the sun you know but then i was going out to open mic nights music nights in cork going can i have five minutes and they're like you're a psychopath like yeah. this is a music yeah. music gig and i'm like yeah but fuck it break it up like i'll do the break for you or whatever and they're like right go on you know so and that was like and that was the thing as well with the numbers yeah like i was just keeping count keeping count keeping count all the time and people used to laugh at me they're like fucking you're gonna lose count now and i have lost count since obviously the pandemic i think you lose in. you lose count anyway after you kind of get to 100 you kind of go all right okay fucking it does it becomes an obsessive thing i've yeah. done those i've done brew bar above in their open mic yeah. yeah 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 I've that was it <laughs> and they're, they're like you want to do what yeah 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 just i'll do like just can you know it's an open mic like for musicians yeah. you know there's only nine spots here and it's musicians travel from all over the county to come here and I was like, yeah, but it doesn't say music open mic. I'm just, you know, maybe it might so be good. Mic? I went up and did 10 minutes. And I swear to God, Sinead, I died on my whole so bad. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, so bad. So bad. Yeah, when they're not there for it. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. And then you're there like, oh. I know. I, I, like, <laughs> and I, I, was, I was 30 seconds into it. You know this, like, right? Yeah. You, you're t I'm 30 seconds. I'm like, this crowd hate me <laughs> yeah i had a gig like that once and i have to go another nine and a half minutes jesus i had a gig like that i opened for ross brown in charleville one time and uh, it was just me and him i was only if i started comedy in the february this was the may and i uh, walked in and it was like a room full of people like gen generally majority of them are older than my parents and mm. there was three lesbians down the back and I think they might have been the only people that laughed more than three times during the set. Like, yeah. I ate shit up there. But I just had to play through, you know, because I had to open do? for fucking Ross, like, yeah. you know. And that, that's a paid gig. You're getting probably 100 bucks. You have to do your time. It doesn't... Like, but, but by doing those open mics, yeah. right, you become bulletproof to stuff like that. Bulletproof, you know? Um <laughs> what is what are your I'm, I'm gonna f this like I could talk to you all day we've got so Same, much right? uh, but I, 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 I'm gonna finish up soon but right. I, I just wanna ask you we talked a little bit about the kingdom and, and the Coco Club mm. there and they would have been I, 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 when I hazard a guess did clubs that you played the most yeah them and the Inter in Dublin when I would have moved moved back to Dublin then would have been yeah, yeah. yeah so the three of them absolutely and like the Inter in Dublin I don't know if anyone knows this would be the oldest, most established comedy club in Ireland, mm. the Republic of Ireland, set up by Desmond Bishop and run by his brother, Aidan Bishop. So that's no mean feat to be counting that as one of your regular, nah. just, oh, yeah, 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 and the, uh, and the inter, yeah. <laughs> I'll just throw that in there, I you know. Like um, I'm in there <laughs> all the I time, me Shut and Aidan. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> what, like, I, I want to talk to you about 
Coco and Kingdom because that's my mm. experience yeah, with yeah, you. Yeah. And I want to kind of like, especially Kingdom, right? Mm. Which is a comedy club that I run in the Shire in Killarney Beautiful. on Tuesdays. Um, not at the moment, obviously, but it'll mm. be back. It'll be back. And club. Like, like your day there, you'd have to get on a. Tr- can you just give me a, like, yeah. let's give me a snapshot of your day? And this just shows the madness. Like, because you're holding down a full time job here yeah. now as well, like, right? Yeah. And like the prerequisite, right, for. Um, for for me for booking acts in, in Kingdom is that they can flyer mm. so that they can come down they can help me with the flyer it's a paid gig everyone gets like uh, I think it's like 50 quid I can't even remember now I think it was yeah. 50 quid yeah. and you usually threw in a point for me as well throwing a, throw in a couple, <laughs> couple of gats <laughs> and uh, yeah that's the normal carry on you wouldn't, you're not going to like you'll probably cover your expenses out of it yeah. do you know what I mean you might come out with a tenner yeah. but you'll get to do 20 minutes yeah. uh, in front of an audience every single night and usually it's an, a, like a, a, a touristy audience so it's a good mix of culture. We'd have South Africans, yeah. Australians, New Zealands, English, Americans, Americans huge n- numbers, like uh, and Irish then mm. as well. Yeah. So it's a good, and it'd be full. You talking about 50, 40, 50 people in the room yeah. most Tuesdays? What a fucking cracking show! Oh. Myself, I I ran the club. I'd have Mike was my kind of resident. Um, uh, comic there Mark O'Keefe did a few gigs yeah. and you were my next girl yeah. like that was that, they were the kind of the four no I had different comics from time to time but these, this was my kind of crew do you know yeah. what I mean who I could yeah. rely on yeah. but I just want to kind of can you give me a snapshot of your day your like you've your full day there if you're staying down there we'll say because right. if you wanted to stay I was able to get you a bed in the yeah. hostel there as well that's right yeah yeah shoot it so i would get up uh, so i was working a job where i could work from home before working from home was a requirement for everyone and uh i could work from home so that was grand so i'd get up i'd start work at about eight i'd work till about 12 i'd then have to go from either clindalkin or donna bay depending where i was that day into town which is easily a 40 minute journey and then into houston station getting the train to Clarny. Which it cost 50 or 60 quid return, you know? <laughs> and uh, So you weren't breaking even. <laughs> I uh, No, like, I mean, I wasn't doing it for money, Jesus. I know, I was yeah. doing it for money, I wouldn't have been, I'd been out of this game a long time, you know? But I know. Jump on the train at about two. Work on the train, and that train journey is a, a nearly four hours, right? So then I get down there about, well, maybe it would say it was the half one train. So because I get down there about five-ish, right? Quarter to five or so. Meet you. We were doing this in January, February, of course. Yeah, Bake yeah. It have, up. A, have a little, have a little toky toke, um, and we would go out in the freezing fucking colds and the sleet and the snow, and and we'd fly like crazy people. For motherfuckers, like yeah. what three hours? We normally fly from four to seven, right? Um, and like hail, rain, sleet, or snow, and then during the summer it was glorious, of course. Yeah. And then uh, go on, we'd finish the flyering, we'd grab a burger. Grab a burger or something tasty yeah. and uh, head back up. And I'm, you know, I'm like at gigs, right? I'm like, <coughs> so about the the hour beforehand, right? Flyering was good for me because it didn't allow me to get nervous about what was about to happen until mm. we got back to the, the room. And you're good at it as well. Oh, thanks. Yeah, man. you yeah, were. You I were. enjoyed it. I yeah. enjoyed it. Now, I know it's crazy as that fucking sounds. That's the whole thing sounds. But no, I didn't. I enjoyed it. You have with something like that. You have to make. You have to enjoy it. Yeah. Because if you if you like you're you're stopping people on the street. Hey, how's it going? Would you like to come and see a comedy show yeah. tonight? You know, you have to have thick skin. Yeah. But um, yeah. Go on, talk then, to me. Talk yeah. to me. We get back. I go over my set. My head. Walk up and down like a fucking lunatic for maybe forty minutes. You know, well, obviously helping you set up the the room and all that kind of stuff. 
and then it goes and then it happens and you know it's lovely when all the comics come in you have a bit of a chat with them and I feel bad now poor Brendan Fuller I think didn't thought I didn't like him for maybe the first couple of weeks because like I was just walking around not talking to anyone for maybe the first 20 minutes and then I'd be like hey how are you you know and, mm, yeah. and stuff but and then as soon as the gig starts man that's when the fan in me comes out you know the, f- the comedy fan where I watch you do your thing whip them up into a frenzy watch Mike do his thing or Mark or you know whatever like you always had a really strong lineup in that Clarny gig you know mm. and um, and then it happened and you know I love Coco I love Coco so much it's my home stage you know I uh, get the same feeling I do I'd imagine that you know Man United do when they walk out at Old Trafford you know it's it's just mm. that familiarity but that Kingdom stage because I wanted that so bad when mm. you start doing that gig or those gigs down there and Mike gave me McCronin's to mine for a on a Thursday while he was down with you and Clarny but that was all I wanted was to go to the Kingdom mm. and just try in front of a tourist audience mm. and, and you know feel like I was doing something new and, and fuck me I love the place that little blue palette yeah love it. It's, it was a special place and it'll yeah. come back it'll it definitely will. come back um, I'm going to finish up but before I finish up it kind of this is there's a, a kind of a narrative here where you're starting off, then you're working like a like a like a blue arse fly doing a hundred gigs in your first year. You're fucking getting buses from Clondalkin to Houston and trains from Dublin down to Killarney and flyering in the rain for three hours. It's like M M&M and M here, like. <laughs> and you're then coming back with you at all hours. And then to, coming, yeah. We'd finish the gig. I yeah. never thought of that. And then we'd finish the gig, and uh, you'd come back to Cork. Yeah. Right, yeah. back to my house an hour away, stay in my gaff that night, get up the next morning, bit of breakfast, and I drop you to the train. Yeah. And yeah. like, off you go, you probably have it, and you n- nearly always, ha- yeah, I'm, I'm in the inter tonight, or I'm doing yeah. this gig tonight, sure. or this gig tonight, so, you know, and uh, I'd be just like, yeah, this is fucking great, but we were all really busy, so yeah. we didn't have time to go, how fucking fantastic is this? Yeah. But then, when I was just thinking about what I was going to ask you during the week, it dawned on me just before um, lockdown, maybe a month before lockdown, there was this, there's this big massive um, uh, competition, national competition, a new enough competition, but yeah. fairly well thought of competition. Mm. Like, oh, I think 120 people entered it. Yeah. It's the Whelan's Breakthrough Act of the Year. Yeah. And, um, you know, like, it would be very difficult now to, like, to go through into a competition or to reach a final in this and uh, you got through to the final did, yeah it was crazy yeah. I didn't expect it I didn't expect it there was so many <coughs> like the people on the lineup in my heat some fucking really good comics and uh, here's another thing it's 120 entrants from Ireland and the UK so it's open to the UK too sure did, wasn't it a girl from England that won yeah, it yeah Erin Tess yeah. yeah that's right I follow her on Instagram I think she's hilarious she's hilarious yeah. oh my god she's so she's off the wall but yeah. And I got into that final and I could not believe it. And Whelan's, like, for anyone in the arts industry in Ireland, as particularly Dublin, you know, Whelan's is uh, the main stage. You know, you've seen some of your favourite bands yeah. there that are superstars, you know what mm. I mean? And to just be treading those boards was something special. And and on top of that, not only were... From like Coco family, to Whelan's. But, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll round this off nicely but I remember you know standing there and on the stage 250 people in the bar you know and, and plus comedians that weren't co- weren't ticketed you know oh and I looked God. up and down over two two um two levels and I just thought fucking hell this is mental how did I get here and the thing is that was great obviously a huge adrenaline rush didn't win didn't expect it was absolutely happy oh, I was but just come there, on now to Sinead honest. like to get to like exactly. within your within your time limit like do you know what I mean 
yeah. it says break breakthrough act but all these competitions like are like you know i know some of the people that entered that competition and they weren't breakthrough mm. do you know mm. what i mean you, yeah, yeah, like yeah. you had all levels yeah. um entering that competition i could have entered it myself and yeah, i wouldn't and i wouldn't have oh, felt yeah. out of place no no you know entering it and absolutely but like just to, to kind of say when you mentioned coco there like wins is great you know edinburgh is great uh, i've had some mental gigs but coco is where me heart is you know and i'm not just I saying that love to, it. To, uh, we're sitting here it love is it. genuinely they're my that's my favorite stage in love the whole it. world love it and i love it too i love yeah. it i love coco and we're definitely going to leave it at that i want to say thank you so much for thank coming you down for having me. um today is 420 guys and um we're going to be doing a 420 um, podcast straight after this podcast so we're off to have a little schmuck yeah, for ourselves baby. if you enjoy if you enjoy my podcast if you enjoy the podcast if you loved today's episode with Sinead and Amanda Walsh uh, please go on to iTunes and rate and review and subscribe it I don't have a Patreon this is this is food for my soul I would love it I really get a great kick out of people telling me that they enjoyed episodes particularly um, you know specific episodes uh, and that that just really uh, really is it for me at the moment anyway I'll have to say that and if you could do that that'd be great and if you can't that's no problem at all I still love you and if you want to go on and say this fucking podcast is a lot of shit a lot of fucking shit please don't we're coming for you no no no, we don't want that. We don't want that. Five star. Oh, my God. You're amazing. Sinead's hair. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you want to follow Sinead, you're on social media at... All over it. Um, you can find me at Sinead Walsh Comedy on Facebook. It's a like page. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to find, but persevere. <laughs> and uh, Instagram and Twitter as well. Simply search my name, Sinead Walsh, and you'll find me. Big Mop of Hair. Big Mop of Hair. If you're looking for me, I'm Cornelius the Comic at gmail.com uh, for an email. Cornelius Comic at Insta Comedian Con on Twitter Cornelius Patrick O'Sullivan on Facebook I'm a fucking dinosaur Okay I love you all Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast Peace, Peace. and love to you today I think you're very nice Have a very nice